Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the mandatory pay picks, pick five at Belmont on Saturday, June 10th, 2023. This is show number 229, June 9th, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, congratulations on finishing seventh in the Pick Your Prize contest last week. Yeah, that was nice. Um, I was like on plan C or D, um, but I got lucky at the very last few races. Um, things didn't go well earlier on, so I was pretty happy. I mean, that the way it's set up, if you can finish in the top seven, uh, given the number of entries, you got to choose two prizes. And my goal was at a minimum to win an NHC seat, um, but ideally win a BCBC seat and an NAC seat. Um, and I was able to do that, so I was pretty happy about that. I've got I'm locked in on both, and it's only June, so I don't have to sweat qualifying for either one of those. Sweet. Now <clears throat> we talked about a lot of horses, and we actually, you know, we talked favorably of, of a few horses. And I was just wondering, like, uh, did you hit any of those horses? And I'm I'm thinking in particular about Celtic Chaos and also Bapio. Celtic Chaos, I I did hit, um, but my the biggest but the big hit for me there was a double with him to Bapio, who was your pick um, in that race. I played him to like two or three horses um, because he was a big price. Um, I think I and um, uh, I hit with Bapio, so that was one of the big hits I had. And then that kind of got me into the prize pool, you know, so I, I knew I could at least, I, w- I, qu- I was going to get at least an NAC seat. So then I, I made a, another bet on that last race, which was terrible after the scratches, it was down to four horses, but I just played a $250 cold exacta, with the favorite, the horse that you guys liked um, over the one horse who I thought was probably would clunk up to get second and um that's how it finished i was a little worried because uh that favorite was in a speed duel with the chad brown horse the second choice and i thought they were gonna duel each other in a submission and the the one horse was gonna win and i wouldn't have it because i needed him to run second but luckily the the favorite put away the chad brown runner and the one horse clunked up for second and i hit that exact and that put me up in the top seven that was that was my goal um out of that race i bet enough to where i wouldn't drop down too far if i lost and if i hit it i could get into the top seven but um the heartbreaker for me was my biggest bet i saved a little for celtic chaos but that reason i was playing doubles is i didn't have enough money 
the bet to win to get where I wanted to go on him because I had bet a whole bunch on the turf race with um, Pentagon and the horse you liked. I played a big exacta box with those two and I played Pentagon to win. And they let a horse get an easy lead and go wire to wire and they ran two, three. And that exacta would have paid like six or $8,000 box I had. I bet a, that was my big bet. I saved a little bit and then that, but so that's when I had to go to plan B and C. Um, <clears throat> uh, but you know, that was disappointing. Um, but you know, having a plan B or C is always good to have in these contests. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I didn't play the contest and Paul, our guest, uh, won by putting 300 to win on Bobby O. So congrats to him. Uh, and I, all I did was play the pick five for about a hundred bucks and I got four out of five. The one horse I didn't have was be well, the one who, who beat out, um, our two in, uh, in that, the turf. in that, That's in that what turf knocked me out too. Yeah. That knocked me out of the pick five too. And it would have, it was a big pick five. Um, you know, somebody just put some pressure on that horse. It could have been a whole different day for me. I probably would have won the contest and I would have hit the pick five. But, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Play in the Sport of Kings NHC qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC Tour members advance to round two, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get tour points. Join the NHC Tour before any monthly round one begins. If you join the tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code SPORTOFKINGS so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contests with free DRFPPs, go to sportofkings.net right now. Thank you and good luck. And we have a special returning guest. She's a production assistant and commentator at Naira. She's a regular guest on Talking Horses with Andy Serling. She's Sarah El Badwi. Sarah, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk with both of you. Of course, we have a very exciting weekend going on uh, with the Belmont Stakes, and it's a pleasure to uh, be back and discuss some of those races. And it's great to hear the sounds of Belmont in the background when you're not <laughs> muted. Um, I, I do have a question for you. Are you... Uh, working on Belmont Stakes Day and what will you be doing? Oh, of course. Couldn't miss it, right? Um, not only as a fan, but an employee as well. Um, and in the morning, I'll, I'll be attending to some of the production behind the scenes stuff. And I have uh, Talking Horses with Andy Sterling, as you mentioned, at 9.30 tomorrow uh, morning. So we have a great race, to, a great card of races to cover and uh after that just kind of uh making sure that you know everything goes according to plan a lot going on behind the scenes here to get all of our uh shows rolling and, and make sure that uh, everybody has a, a good show and it's just a lot of fun a lot of excitement okay great um chris do you have any questions for sarah before we get started well uh, i'm assuming the smoke's all cleared that's not an issue anymore Right. It was a little bit frightening earlier this week, but they've paid close attention to the AQI and that's our air quality rating and it's improved significantly. Yeah, it's um, funny today for us to uh, go ahead. No, I, was, I didn't. I thought you were done. I mean, didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're fine. I was just uh, going to say out, out west, we're used to that. Um, 
those smoky <laughs> right. days with the fires. So it's funny everyone's freaking out. Um, I know. Uh, when it's smoky for a few days, but yeah, it's a pretty. It's become unfortunately a regular occurrence out west. Um, the last ten years or so, it didn't used to be that way, but now every summer when there's fires, you know, it seems like there's bad fires and there's smoke. So I, I think that's get used to it. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, right. I, I've re- received two meme images from of horses wearing masks. So uh, ho- hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that won't come in, uh, won't won't be a precursor to something actually happening tomorrow. It it it, it was a nice blue sky today, so I figure it's it's going to be good. Yes, everything is in good shape and uh, ready to go for tomorrow. Okay, we're doing the pick five. Um, it's called the mandatory pay pick five. It's not the late pick five. It is races eight through twelve, and they're all grade one races and. The eighth race begins with the Woody Stevens, a grade one, seven furlongs, purse of 400000 for three-year-olds. Sarah, why don't you get us started? Uh, this is a stacked field. I mean, we're looking at 13 really competitive horses in here, and we don't necessarily have that major type of standout that we had in this race last year with Jack Christopher, but... The horse that, to me, ran the best race last time out in that Pat Day Mile was Sport Bragg. He was up on top of a pace that really fell apart in the later stages and almost was able to hold off General Jim, who was charging at him late, who got a really great setup that day. I think he just ran a giant performance. I don't mind the slight cutback for him either to the seven furlong. So he's my top pick in here and one that I have to absolutely use in this pick five. But I'll throw a couple of other prices in as well with the number one New York Thunder, who is making his first start on the dirt. But he had a really good workout over the surface at Monmouth Park, breathing a best of 80 horses going four furlongs. And he's bred to handle the surface. And then... A horse that I liked a little bit before we saw Listen to Your Heart Not Run quite as well earlier on today was the number six, Harrodsburg, who's just making his third career start. And while he'll have to rate for the first time, I think he's a little bit intriguing as one that could sit a little bit off what figures to be a pretty hot pace. Uh, Interesting Fort Bragg. Um, I watched the replay of that race about an hour ago. And he really got slammed at the beginning of the race. So it was a very impressive performance, and I, I will absolutely be using him. Chris, what are you thinking? I don't think either one of you can use him because he's scratched. I mean, he caught a fever uh, when he shipped. Baffert this morning said he is scratched from the race, so you're going to have to, to look <laughs> elsewhere. Well, this that just proves to you that I have no time to read Twitter. <laughs> uh, that I've so, been working all day. <laughs> yeah, so apologies for not knowing that. Um, any other scratches that we're aware of in the pick five? Um, in the pick five, I think that was, let me look if there's any, not that I, I mean, there probably will be, but that was the only early one that, um, you know, I heard about. So Okay. Okay, well, yeah, if he can overcome, if he can overcome being scratched, that'd be really impressive. Yeah, then he's really <laughs> awesome, huh? Come on. I'm sorry. I'm watching the replay. Get up there, one. Yes. <laughs> I nailed the pick three. <laughs> At the wire. Come on, Congratulations. <laughs> Poppy flower. All Poppy right. Flower. I think. Well, I mean, maybe it's a photo. I'm. I'm she got it. it. Yeah, I thought she got there. So good. All right. That's a good, good day. So I close it out with the, the altar of pick three on Friday. So. 
Okay, Sorry about so that. <laughs> live action. All right, yes. so but the horse really had to come late. He was like second to last and had to pass them all and stretch. So I'll take it. So nice anyway, ride. with the scratch of Fort Bragg, that would leave you with either Harrodsburg or New York Thunder. Who's your, who's your top pick there, Sarah? Oh, I mean, I'll have to rework a few things. New York Thunder isn't one that I necessarily love on top, and now this takes some speed out of the race. So it's possible that I might end up adding in a horse like Federal Judge who really ran well last time and is still fairly lightly raced and maybe going all the way to the outside with Drew's Gold. He's still looking to keep that undefeated record intact. So he's an interesting player too, um, but that's obviously a big scratch. It's going to affect a lot of people's opinions. Okay, Chris, what what are you thinking in this race? Well, um, I think that this is a race people are going to be spreading in probably i'm going to take the other tact i i think arabian lions kind of a standout in here uh i've had too many belmont days where bob baffert's just crushed me over and over and over again his horses just run lights out on this card and this horse i've always thought has had talent um he Something went wrong in the race at Los Al, and he kind of went off form, but he's back on. And uh, I always thought he was distance challenged. He's by Justify. He just doesn't get any routers. And he's out of a sprinty mare. And I think Baffert knows his best races are probably around one turn. He's trying to stretch him out. Um, but I think he knows his best chance to get a grade one is in a race like this. That's why he's in it. He will be a little farther back probably than normal because there's so much speed, but I just think he's the best of the speed. Baffert's really good cutting when he's going for these grade one races with three-year-olds, cutting back in distance or whatever distance they run well. And, um, and I just expect to see him. He's the best horse, and I think he'll be sitting just off the early pace. And um, he's the one to beat. So I'm going to go with him. And certainly, if he's not the favorite, we'll know a little more after the wheel pays come back for the two-day wheel pays. But I'm pretty high on Arabian Lion. I've got some other long shots that I can talk about after we come back around. But I'm going to go with the three. Okay. Well, I, um, <clears throat> I promise to have more interesting picks than this one, but uh, I'm going in this race with my top pick. I, I will be going deep in this race, but my top pick is going to be General Jim. He's improved every race. He was super game in his last. He's a closer in a race uh, that's quite speedy. He's already proven at the distance. Uh, I really love the way he, um, he, 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 he ran in and among horses in his last race. And um, I love the gallop out, and I, I, he's, he looks like a talented animal to me. So he's my top pick, but I will also be using Drew's Gold, New York Thunder, Harrodsburg. So we're, we're, we're aligned on those ones, Sarah, and, uh, and also Federal Judge. And but, you know, Arabian Lion, I don't know. I, you know. I watched his last race, and it was a – it was a slow pace and it was a short field and he was like two to five. I wasn't that impressed. So I wasn't planning on using Arabian line. I, I, uh, I hope that, I hope that we can both get through that leg somehow. Yeah. Sorry. Just... Go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, do you have anything I was to gonna say, I'm just... <laughs> Um, right. I was just going to say, I'm just a little dubious of how good Arabian Lion is. I really preferred for Bragg of the Baffert horses. And I don't love the cutback for him necessarily with all the other speed signs on because when he's impressed on the lead in the past, he's really folded up and he got a, a great trip last time out of being that lone speed. And I just don't really see him getting that kind of set up in here today. So I think. Arabian Lion will win this um, on the front end, you know, of the best of speed. But I do think uh, after him, it could be closers. Um, if he doesn't win, I don't think he's going to lose to a horse like Federal Judge or Harrodsburg or New York Thunder. I mean, those horses are all going to be battling for the lead. I think it'll be some sort of horse that clunks up that wins. And um, so if I were going to play others and like if maybe in the exacta underneath Arabian Lion or as a backup if Arabian Lion weren't to win in the picks, I would go with horses that can come from out of it. Probably, the, you know, one real interesting one's Gun Pilot, I think. Down on the inside, he'll probably drop back and he could finish strong. I thought Fort Warren's another one. Brittany Russell went from Baffert to Brittany Russell, and she's been red hot. He'll be a big price. And even Gilmore on the outside. Um, those are three horses I think might be able to close and get a piece from well out of it um, because, you know, if the pace does cook up. Uh, and, you know, maybe maybe Arabian Lion's not as good as I thought he was, and if that's the case, then I, I would – I would lean on horses to come from out of it rather than to win on the front end. Who Who's your first one of those three long shots, Chris? Sorry. The two uh, horse. The, I was texting. The two horse gun pilot and the nine horse Fort Warren and the 12 horse Gilmore. Those are the three kind of courses I think will be potentially clunking up late if the pace is as hot as it looks like it, sh it could be because pretty much everybody else wants to be a lot closer. Um, and either they're going to be close to a hot pace or they're going to be farther back than they typically are. Um, so what did you think about General Jim? I mean, you know, you think he's too slow? Well, I just, I, I'm not going to bet on a favorite who's, there's probably six horses that have run faster than he has at the weights, and he's probably going to be much farther back than he's used to being. Um, so, you know, he's just not very fast. And, you know, he's the favorite. And, you know, I, it's just not the kind of horse I want to play. That's all. I mean, sort of like okay. kind of the reason you guys don't like Arabian Lion, although he, I don't think he'll be the favorite. Um, but, I mean, to me, at least Arabian Lion's fast. Maybe you can say that, uh, you know, he uh, doesn't have grit. But um, I just think he went off form for a while, and now he's back in form. I mean, losing to first mission around two turns, there was no disgrace in that. And that was a track a day where I thought the track really wasn't favoring speed. And then, yeah, he went kind of slow and dominated a weaker field, but he dominated them. So to me, uh, his last two races are pretty good. Running second by a half at around two turns to first mission, first mission was in here he'd be the you know odds on favorite um and cutting back off of that race like that you know i think i think he's got a little more talent than the and grit than the two of you do but i could be wrong i mean and that's why they run the race but uh that's the way i'm gonna lean 
Okay. Uh, I I personally wouldn't be surprised if Arabian Lion is the favorite. He's he's the second choice on the morning line, and he's got a higher buyer figure. In fact, his last couple are, uh, are higher than General Jim's, so he may look a little bit more impressive to the fans uh, at the track tomorrow. Yeah, we should know tonight. In fact, I might be able to find out what, while you guys are talking next. I can maybe look at the will pace and see what who's going to be the favorite um, based on the will pace from the race today, the sprint, the sprint double will pace. Okay, we'll move on to the ninth. It is the Jaipur Stakes, a grade one, six furlong on turf, purse of 400000 for three-year-olds and up. And Chris, it's your turn to get us started. Yeah, this race is is a good race. I think it's probably the best race of the day, um, in my opinion. There are a lot of ways you can go. Um, I'm going to – there's two horses I was torn between. It's kind of a toss-up. Um, they both have what I call the golden pattern, so I'll take a second to explain that for people who don't normally listen to the pod. That's when a horse, usually it's a three-year-old or a four-year-old, comes back after a long layoff and runs uh, a, a, a pretty good race off the layoff. By pretty good, it typically is about as well as it had ever ran in the prior year. And the reason it's such a strong pattern is because horses develop quite a bit um, off a long layoff from either two to three or three to four. It's the Colts especially. And um, when they come back, they should be capable of running much faster if they're fit. But a lot of times they're not dead fit off the layoff. You know, occasionally they'll run big right off the layoff. But if they don't, that usually gets them really tight for their next race. And that's where you usually see that career best effort. Um, so it's a really strong pattern, and sometimes there might be some bad races where they tailed off the prior year, or their comeback rates was you know, you know a little better than it looked, and you can get a pretty good price on those kind of horses, even though they're ready to run really big. And this race, the ten horse big invasion, he doesn't quite have that pattern. He actually had it in his last race, where he had come back off a layoff at Gulfstream and ran well. So he was sitting on a big race going into the Keeneland effort. But he got completely sawed off in the stretch in that race, had no chance at all, um, totally excusable. So now he's ready to sit, you know, he's sitting on his career best effort, and you've got that one sort of excuse in between that might help his price a little. He was five to two that day, six to one in the morning line. And I think with Caravel and Costa Creed in the race, he probably in the big field, probably get six to one. And so I expect to see, you know, a big effort out of him. And, um, you know, last year as a three-year-old, I think he was clearly the best three-year-old turf sprinter. And um, I expect him to do really well this year. So that's the way um, I'm going to go. There's another horse I like quite a bit, and I almost made him the pick because of a better price, but I'll hold off on that one until it comes back around. So I'm going to go with the 10 Big Invasion. Okay, the 10 big invasion. Uh, I don't know if he'll be, be as high as 6-1, to one, but there are a lot of horses in this race, and he is one for one at Belmont. Sarah, what are you thinking? I think we might have lost Sarah. She might have dropped off the call. I don't see her. Uh, no, oh, she's, she's, on. she's, she's here. still on. Okay, she's here. maybe she's on mute. She's on mute. I'm here. I'm hanging okay. out. 
Great. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this is a this is a great field as well. I mean, that you have these really competitive races back to back with so many competitive races on the card in general. But I think trying to beat Caravel is lately a fool's errand, but I'm going to try to do it once again. And I really like the number two, Go Bears Go. And he's a horse that I don't really have an excuse for his non-effort in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, but I feel as though he really redeemed himself enough off that layoff last time out in the Turf Sprint Stakes at Churchill Downs, where he ended up being third behind a long-shot winner. And this is one of the rare Wesley Ward trainees on turf that's going to be a fair price. He's won at the six for long distance before over in Europe, where he has done most of his running. And Perhaps he can take another step forward. He'll come from off the pace in a race that's going to feature some speed and get that good inside trip. And we do have the rails down for this weekend, which is not something that we've had so far this meet. So the paths towards the inside are going to be fresher and that may end up playing towards some horses favor that do get more inside trips. Okay. Well, um, those, those are, you, you two mentioned that, my two favorite horses, uh, the two, I'm, I'm probably going to go a little deeper, but um, I'm going to make my top pick, Big Invasion, which is another reason why I think he might be lower than six to one. Uh, for the reasons stated, uh, that's the one replay I did not get a chance to look at uh, as I ran out of time. But <clears throat> apparently he lost his action and uh, checked off heels. So... So he's my top pick, and Go Bears Bow, Go Bears Go is an absolute use. Um, and is he 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 he's second off a laugh. It's probably the the other horse that Chris likes. So let's see if if it is. Yeah, definitely, because he's he is the golden pattern. I mean, he he came back with his comeback effort off the layoff. It was pretty good, just about where you want it to be. A couple things about that. Um, he broke sharply, and Johnny B just grabbed him and took him way back, and then he kind of just ran up the rail. But I, I think in a race where the winner went wire to wire, so he kind of rode him like it was a prep, and you know, now he goes second off a layoff. And the other thing I'll say about him is this is a horse that usually was on or was on the lead on almost all his European starts, but last year he got banged around out of the gate in the Breeders' Cup, so he was shuffled back. And this last race, he got grabbed for some reason, even though he broke sharply. So he's got more speed than you think looking at his U.S. form. So he could, you know, be get like a pocket trip in here. if And they go to an aggressive rider in Jose Ortiz. Um, so, you know, he could get that pocket trip on a, on a good rail, the way Sarah mentioned there's a lot of positives. The only negative I had on him was uh, his last couple of workouts. Um, his last one in particular wasn't that great. He worked out with a resume red and they, and he broke off behind a resume red by three or four links, which I don't like because I was hoping they would be putting him more forward in here. And he just didn't look that good. A resume red was just waiting on and waiting on him and he never caught him. So wasn't the greatest work, but maybe he's just not a great workhorse. Um, everything else about him I like, and the price should be right. So those are the two I'm going to go with in here, Big Invasion and Go Bears Go. And Scott, are you on mute? This is a, uh, we're, we're having a mute disease here. <laughs> 
it's contagious. Um, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so I'm actually, this race, I mean, I, I'll probably go as deep as any other race. I do like those two horses. Um, but, you know, there's a few others that I think that are really close in ability. And um, I, I, I'd be interested in hearing, you know, who else Sarah likes. But, um, you know, like, I, I think even yes and yes on the rail, um, you know, that horse is 20 to 1. Um, <clears throat> Air Force Red, you know, he's coming off uh, a match top and he's shipping in and he is his best five for a long workout um, coming into this race for Leonard Powell, who is apparently one for two in the money at Belmont. I'll only mention those two for now because, I mean, I, I have something nice to say, I think, about, about every horse in this race. Yeah, as far Sarah, as uh, – go ahead. We're being too polite. Go ahead, Sarah. You 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 always get deferential treatment from us. <laughs> we always um, defer to our guests. Oh, thanks. Well, as far as who else I would be intrigued by in here, um, it's possible to me that nothing better might be that pace player that's going to try to just wire the field. He's hit the exacta. In his last seven starts, and Timeform US projects him to be right up there with Caravelle. So while this is a tougher field than what he's been facing lately, I do have to respect his consistency as well as his early speed. And then Casa Creed has won this race the past two years in a row, and he just really has this turf course seem to agree with him. And at this distance, too, he's three for four with one third-place finish at Belmont Park. And in 2022, he had another start between the Turf Sprint Cup and Saudi Arabia before winning the Jiper. But this year, he comes in a little bit fresher. And while he does have a wide draw, hopefully he does get the chance to tuck in and save a little ground before producing that late closing kick, which I think could be effective here. So those are two other ones that I have my eye on. All right. Any other horses tickle your fancy, Chris? I'm pretty high on the two I liked. Um, you know, the favorites certainly could win. Uh, the, maybe the one other price horse I'm interested in a bit is the five horse Air Force Red. Uh, you know, he's been he's got some speed and he's well, he's uh, what? Oh, sorry, he's the three, or are you or are you thinking Doctor Zen? No, the three horse. Okay. Um, he's got some speed. He's he's one down the hill. If the inside is good, um, he could get a good trip. So, and, and you know, and, and if he gets a good trip, and, and a lot of these horses have been are five, five and a half furlong horses, not six. And you know, he's one that I know can can you know get the extra distance. So, with a good trip, he wouldn't surprise me. And he'll get overlooked probably because he's shipping out west, and the west coast turf horses typically get ignored um, in New York. Okay, well, so a, a pretty open race. Uh, we got a few prices in there, and we will move on to the 10th, which is the Met Mile Handicap, a grade one mile in the dirt, purse of $1 million for three-year-olds and up. Sarah, who's going to win this race? 
Well, it's probably going to be the number one Cody's Wish, who is your morning line favorite, and you can't not root for him with the story of Cody Dorman. And as a horse himself, he's a deserving favorite and looking for his sixth win in a row and has handled the mile here before in the grade three Westchester last year. And last time out being last early and just starting to fly by horses was a very impressive performance. And that pace held together okay. So it's not as though things were coming back to him. The rail doesn't really bother me either for him as he'll drop back early, but there's a horse that I have a a lot of respect for just his ability to outrun his odds consistently. And that's the number four hoist the gold who has hit the board at some giant prices and He's been able to do so in races like the Perryville behind Gunite, the Grade 1 Malibu behind Taba, the Commonwealth, and then that Churchill Downs last time out as well. And I just feel as though he never really gets the respect I think he deserves in terms of wagering. And the Cody's Wish hoist the gold exacta last time paid pretty well. It'll pay even better in a field like this where there is some stiff competition in addition to those two horses. So I like him quite a bit. He can be a little bit tactical and he's going to be a giant prize. Okay, hoist the gold. Uh, his two best races ever in his last two races. If uh, if Cody's wish can come back to him a little bit, he's uh, he's got a shot. And it's a notable that he was equal weights with Cody's wish in his last race, and today he gets seven pounds from Cody's wish. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking. Uh, you'll get paid, Sarah. Um, based on the will pays, he's going to be close to 60 to 1. Um, so <laughs> you're going to get a price and hoist the goal. That would be good. Um, and, you know, I Cody's Wish is a good horse, but because of the backstory, he's a horse that's always going to get over, and he's good. He, he'd get over bet anyway, but he's going to get really over bet given his backstory probably every time he runs. So it's like you're going to almost, if you're a bet, betting person looking for value, you're always going to be against Cody's wish. And he's probably going to be the kind of horse that, that will uh, make you pay a few times. This might be one of those, but I'm going to try to beat him again, although he's clearly the most likely winner. Um, but his projected payout is kind of a little under even money, four to five. He's going to be going off at probably. So I'm willing to try to beat him at that price. Um I talked about the golden pattern as kind of kind of be a theme through the day for me. And uh, in this race, I like a couple horses, but the one I'm going to land on for the pod pick will be the six Zandon, who is the golden pattern. Exactly. He came off the layoff. He ran a nice race um, off the layoff. Um, he kind of ran into repo rocks in a race where a couple times he's freaked and he freaked that day. And, so he was well beaten, but it was still a good effort. And I guarantee you this was the target for him all along, not that race that that was supposed to be to get him dead fit. So the golden pattern payoff would come here. Second off a layoff. I've always thought that um, he might be a little better cutting back. They decided he was last year. Um, his la- Unfortunately for him, he caught a sloppy track in the cigar, which I don't think he liked much. And then, you know, he was just prepping his last. So I think his form is a little bit muddy. Um, and I expect to see a big effort and Flavian Pratt's a good rider and he's going to, he should go off a little over seven to one based on the will pays, which I think is a really square price. 
Um, there's another horse I kind of like in here too, but I'll toss it back to Scott and see what he likes. But I'm going to go with the six Zandon and the golden pattern. Hopefully, a, maybe hit a golden pattern double here. <laughs> well, uh, I also landed on Zandon, um, you know, the, the, the old golden pattern. He's also fast enough to win, and um, he just might do it today in a second off a layoff. Um, another horse that I'm going to use is Doppelganger. He's improved in every race for trainer Brittany Russell. If he continues to improve, he could win this. I'm 100% against Cody's wish, and I'm a big fan. I've picked him in many of the uh, many of the races that he's run, um, and I picked him in his last, but he he ran a huge number. Now he carries more weight than everybody else. He starts from the inside, and he's going to be coming from behind. He's going to be no value. He won't be on a single ticket. This is the this is the time to go against Cody's wish. Okay, Sarah, I was trying not to say anything and let you just jump in, but um, anything to add? <laughs> Or maybe Sarah's on mute. Ah, and I'm back. Um, okay. Well, I think another horse that deserves a mention who really just didn't pan out the way a lot of people thought that he was going to is the number five charge it. I mean, I don't really know what happened to him, but the Oakland handicap was just not a good performance. And he probably should have beat endorsed in that Gulfstream Park mile. If he was the horse, he was looking like he was going to be last year. I mean, you think of his blowout 23 length romp in that Dwyer where he earned a 111 buyer speed figure. And that was only his only start here at Belmont and the only other time John Velasquez was riding. So maybe you think a little bit of those same magic conditions might get something more out of him than what we've seen lately and back to that kind of performance. But this is not an easy field for that kind of form reversal for him. Of course, if he runs that race that we saw last year, he's a major player and, and probably could win. But it's just such a big question. I know some people think that, oh, getting back to the mile here at Belmont, that suddenly things are going to change. But he was coming into this race last year as a different horse, um, a throw of the derby aside, than he has been lately. So I just really don't know what to do with him. But he he's a horse that has that race in him somewhere. I, I think he's a – I wrote he's a use at 6-1. to one. The question is, will he be that high? I'm suspecting that he's not going to be, but we won't have that. Um, I, I don't know if you've got any will pays to look at, Chris. Yeah, he's about six to one, a little bit under, but close. You're getting, I mean, David's morning line's pretty good um, uh, for most of the horses. And that, that the one where he missed a little, if you will pays are right, of course, we don't know. They might not be, but typically they're pretty accurate. Is the other horse I like, and that's a seven repo rocks. And this is one where, he, uh, you know, people don't like his backstory. <laughs> I won't get into it, but he's kind of like the evil versus the good and Cody's wish in terms of backstories. But from a betting standpoint, you can't let that cloud your judgment. Um, and in fact, you can use that to your advantage. Um, and, you know, this is one where I think the repo rocks is certainly his best effort can win. If he repeats what he ran against Zandon last time, he'll probably win. He may not, but uh, you got to think Jamie Ness will have him 
He'll, he'll do whatever he does to try to get this horse to run its best and win it. I don't think Jamie Ness has ever won a grade one. So uh, he'll be cranked up. And his will pays are uh, at a little over seven to one. So that four to one morning line is probably off if you if the will pays are correct. And seven to one on that horse seems like a pretty good price, especially, you know, in the picks where if you can get past Cody Swiss, we've talked about this before. He's kind of the logical single. There's really not a standout single in any of the other legs. There's horses that might get single, but not, you know, clearly obvious odds on kind of horse. So he's going to be really heavily used in the pick fives and pick sixes and picks. And um, more so than even his even money odds would suggest. So if you can get past him, that's one way to unlock what could be a really big payout um, given the competitiveness of the other races. Yeah, I, I will say, uh, you know, as far as the odds are concerned, these these are not these aren't really these. This isn't like the Oaks Derby double. I mean, it is a smaller it's a smaller pool, so it won't be quite as predictive, I don't think. But still, it's interesting that Repo Rocks is projects to seven to one. I mean, that means he's going to be at least four to one for sure. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll move on then to the eleventh. It's the Manhattan, Grade One, mile and a quarter on turf, purse of seven hundred fifty thousand for four year olds and up. Chris, your turn to get us started. Well, I'm going to go for a, a golden pattern pick three. Um, my play is going to be the five soldier rising. Uh, he's making his second start off the layoff. He's a five year old on the turf, so you don't get quite as big of an improvement from four to five. But turf routers especially tend to mature about a year later than the dirt horses. So, you know, he still has some upside as a five-year-old. I thought his return race was really good. Um, he, uh, he, he was in a good spot, and then Jose Ortiz let Red Knight get the jump on him. He went let him go by. And he had to kind of follow and chase him. He couldn't catch him, but he ran well second off the lay. Now he goes second off the layoff. I think he's sitting on a career best effort. I do think he would, I'd like this better if it was a mile and a half. This is a weird kind of distance for turf routes, a mile and a quarter. It's kind of a tweener distance. Typically in the U.S., they go, you know, mile three eighths, a mile and a half, or a mile to a mile and eighth. This is kind of in between, and in this in between distance, I I prefer the horses cutting back to the ones stretching out. It's one of the reasons I think the favorite's kind of vulnerable in here, up to the mark. He's never been a mile and a quarter. Nothing in his breeding suggests he's, you know, going to like going longer. So, um, you know, I always think these turf routes are wide open races. So I'm going to go with the five soldier rising. Certainly, there's others that could win. But uh, he's a pretty good price, 12 to 1 in the morning line. And um, I think he's capable of winning if he gets the trip. Regular rider, Jose Ortiz on him. Sarah, what are you thinking? Yeah, with me, I, I'm i going to single up to the mark because I 
feel as though his pedigree in general didn't necessarily suggest that he'd want to be a turf horse, but here he is improving significantly since switching over to the grass. And there's no disgrace in finishing third to horses like modern games and Che Pierre two starts ago in the makers Mark mile. And I just feel as though in his last start at the grade one turf classic, the ease and progressive stretch outs for him have really been working for him. And while this will be his first time going this mile and a quarter distance, as you mentioned, I just don't really see it being an issue because I think he can also get himself into a good position with his tactical ability. And this is a place where we talked about it with the Met Mile. Cody's Wish seems like a standout single for a lot of people. This does not seem like a race where people will necessarily gravitate towards a single. So this is my spot where I wanted to try to have just one horse to get through and felt as though it would be a good opportunity to kind of zag while others zig in this direction because this seems like a spread race for a lot of people. So I felt as though this would be my kind of created spot within the tickets that I'm creating. Okay, singling up to the mark. Um, interesting. Uh, let's see, who do I like in this race? I also picked Soldier Rising. He's second off a layoff and ran nearly his best. Uh, when they interviewed Christophe Clement right before that race, he he indicated that um, that he was in pretty good shape and that you know he he might be ready to win. He did get second, and uh, I think I picked him or I used him. We, we, we talked about the race on the pod. Um, he, he, he looked good. Uh, he, he, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's going to improve off that race and his best puts him right there. So at 12 to one, he's a great play. I'll also absolutely be using red Knight, who I read gets off of, you know, he's got a nine-year-old versus a four-year-old. The four-year-old probably has a little bit more upside, but the nine-year-old is running lights out, and he's two for two at the distance. So I'll be using those two. And uh, uh, unlike Sarah, I will not be using up to the mark. I think this is another uh, opportunity for me to go against a favorite. So uh, I'll be I'll be off Cody's wish. I'll also be off off uh, up to the mark, even though he does look he he looks very good. I mean. It just it seems like it, uh, coming off that huge race in his last race is uh, now's a good time to be playing against him. Yeah, if he repeats his last race and he can get a mile and a quarter and he gets a good trip, remember he did draw the outside post, and so you know so that that doesn't help his chances any. Um, like does have Irad, so I mean that's a lot of ands for a horse that's going to be the favorite. So. Certainly, you know, in the verticals and the wind betting, I, I think you got to be against him. But I do kind of like the way Sarah was thinking about maybe he's not as short as you think in the picks. Um, maybe people will spread a bit in this race. Um, I'm not sure. I do think he's kind of like the second most obvious one, but I agree he's not going to be used the way Cody's wish will. So I like the way she's thinking about, you know, the sequence. But for me, he's definitely a play against. Um, you know, he's the kind you got to bet against, I think. Um, anytime there's all these question marks on a horse that's going to be, you know, eight to five or less, probably, I'm going to go against him, especially in a, in a mile and a quarter uh, turf route. So, um, but 
you know, if, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he won. I just think he's a bet against. Does, is, is by not this time out of the ghost upper mare. And I love to see that kind of stoutness in, uh, in the, in the breeding. Well, maybe it'll come through in this race. All right. So, uh, I, I think it is, you know, it is important for us to, to, to discuss the Charles Appleby runners here. We've got Warren Point and Ottoman Fleet. And on numbers, they both look very competitive, but Ottoman Fleet is one of the favorites. Um, any thoughts on those two? Well, the, uh, the one, one thing that I, I will I, say. I was just waiting for Sarah. But uh, I have uh, some thoughts, but I'm I was going to defer to her. She if she's anything. if she's trying to unmute, um, I, I I do think that with those horses in there, up to the mark probably will be a pretty good single if he can win. Um, you know Warren's point is kind of interesting. He had a tough trip, but he was all washed out before the race, and they had a blindfold on him in the gate. And if you watch the replay. I guess the plan is you were, you pull the linefold right when the gates open, but the gates open and the blindfold was still on him. And they pulled it off and he was like a half step slow. Um, so I didn't like that at all. So if he's, if he's washy and he's got a blindfold again, although we won't know that until they go to the gate, which is kind of unfortunate. I'll have to look and see if there's any note about blindfold. Um, if he's going to use a blindfold, maybe they note it in the program or something. But uh, you know that that Appleby horses with these weird headgear. I, I remember the Breeders' Cup, the you know the infamous Modern Games one, where his stablemate was wearing some funky headgear in the gate, and he and he reared up and caused you know got scratched and caused all the commotion. And then the next day, he had another horse do exactly the same thing in a race. So I'm always leery about any horse he has that they do weird things with their with them in the gate or with their head, you know, weird kind of headgear. All right, fair enough on a five to one blindfolded horse. Um, Ottoman Fleet does look pretty impressive. Won his uh, first race here in the U.S. at even money, looked like pretty handily. Um, any thoughts on that one? Oh, he's definitely a contender. I think he'll be an underlay. Um, I think actually of the two Appleby, I, I would prefer the, the, the blindfolded horse because I thought he had a really bad trip and still ran pretty well. Um, but, uh, you know, like I, I just am nervous about his demeanor before the race and, and, you know, the equipment. So, but he'll be a better price. I mean, I do think he'll be twice the price. So, and I don't think there's any real difference between the two. Yeah, I kind of think you have to use them both. It, it, I, unfortunately, I, I, I'm not skinny in any race yet. <laughs> but um, I kind of I think you have to use both of those horses, especially if you're against up to the mark, which I am. Yeah. I mean, if you're against him, I think you you could use more. Um, and if you're against him, you could 
you're going to get a lot of value in beating him, even if you play like exactas or tries in the race, if you can, you know, get past up to the mark. And he is the kind of horse you could play to run out. If you don't like him, you could you should play him to run out. And that's where the verticals can really be the way to go. If you can have a favorite like that, that you think could run out, those are the best opportunities for betting, you know, vertical exotics. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if I'd say I, I don't know if I would toss him from the try, but um, but from the win end for sure. Okay, let's uh let's move to the big race. It's the Belmont Stakes, a Grade One mile and a half on dirt, purse of one point five million for three year olds. Sarah, how are we going to get paid? Well, I like many other people have uh, gravitated towards Hit Show in this spot who is a horse that for pretty much the entirety of his uh, career up until the wood Memorial was one that I felt as though it was pretty overhyped getting some good trips in his races and just extremely over bet against weaker competition. And even in his loss um, where he was fourth that day as the favorite, I just, I didn't see a lot from him that I liked, but in his losses in the Wood Memorial, where he drew post 13, was extremely wide in there and had to find a way to get himself into a stocking position and then got sandwiched in between Lord Miles and Dreamlike and still fought on and wasn't too intimidated by being in that position. That impressed me a little bit about his tenacity to continue running on when put into a tough position. And then in his Kentucky Derby, he drew the rail, which isn't quite the same detriment that it has been in years past, but it's still not an ideal kind of place to break from in that kind of 20 horse field. He was really close to a pace that fell apart except for two fills who ended up finishing second, but every other horse that was involved in those early fractions ended up finishing absolutely nowhere. And he ran a sneaky good fifth in that race, given the flow of how everything turned out dynamically I just think that he ran a better than it looks derby. He's not going to be the favorite and he's one that's possibly going to be able to get this mile and a half distance where I don't necessarily have the same confidence with some of the other shorter prices. And I also think that he'll sit a little bit closer than some of these shorter priced horses that want to come from a little bit further out of it. So I feel as though he's shown me more in his defeats than he ever did in his victories. And I'm really interested in what we get from hit show. All right, Hitcho, a valiant fifth in the Kentucky Derby, one who I used underneath in my in my super, and he, he didn't make it, but that's a that's okay because I wasn't going to hit the super anyway. Uh, Chris, what are you thinking? Well, based on Will Pays, he's eight to one, so um, not great price, but not a bad price. Um, for me, I the horse. Uh, there's two I like, but um, the one I like the most is the three horse Archangelo. Um, I liked him quite a bit in his last start. He ended up getting bet down, way down below what I thought he would be. But um, his entire career, uh, he's looked like a good horse. I mean, uh, and if you watch him run and you look at him, he reminds me a lot of his sire arrogate he looks like him he has a slow head carriage um yeah he just he, he, he you know he definitely looks like the, the part and in his career you know he started out in a sloppy sprint race and 
he ran second in that race despite you know dropping way back and then his second start was his first time going um um a route and it was a pretty tough maiden race kings barn won the race he had all kinds of trouble all kinds of excuses so that was a lot better than it looked and then his maiden race which is what got me high on him last time was just super impressive you know he made a couple of different moves and every one of his races he gallops out like a beast and then his last race you know that he got ridden so overconfidently i mean castellano just kind of took hold of him and dropped him back and then put him out like five wide around the entire turn and never really got into him until the mid stretch and Bishop's Bay ended up going back on the lead. Looked like he's going to win easy and the Bishop Bay battled back and, and, and then he dug back in and won the race and galloped out like a beast again. So, and he's been training well. I just really like everything about this horse. Um, and, you know, I think he's definitely, and he's out of a tap at Mare by Arrogate. Um, you watch him, everything about him says he's going to love a mile and a quarter. And he's a, he's eight and a half to one on the will pays, um, eight to one on the morning line. Yeah, I really like him a lot. So I'm three Archangelo. There's one other horse I'm pretty high on. Um, and, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. And, uh, hopefully he gets a trip. And uh, we get the price. Wow, that that has us on four of the five picks. We have we have, we have the same top pick in four of the five races, Chris. I don't think that's ever happened because I'm also never, on. Never, I can think of. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, we might have done three once, but um. So anyway, so I'm also on Archangelo. I was really I was really delighted. Well, first of all, when I saw that last race and he came back and and beat. Uh, Bishop's Bay, I was I was quite impressed, but then I when I saw this the the number you know the sheet number uh, I was impressed and you know all he has to do is repeat that number and he wins, and he you know, he didn't look like he was winded he galloped out well in that last race, um, I mean to me he's 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 logical he's talented, um, uh, all systems go I mean maybe the distance can beat him. I'm not going to single him, but um, yeah, he, he he's my pick, and uh, uh, I, I I'm sort of undecided I, between on 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 using I'm probably use only one more horse in this race. I do like the pattern on Hit Show, although I do um, I do think that boy did he run his eyeballs out and he just couldn't get it done, so. He, Definitely a hard trier, but uh, I'm not sure if he's going to want the the mile and a half. <clears throat> I just don't know if he's got the uh, the ability to to pull it off. Um, Tapa Trice kind of makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, he <clears throat> they say he was bumped, and I couldn't really see the bump. He didn't have like a terrible trip in the Derby, but he he had sort of a it wasn't a great trip and. You know, it's okay that he ran a little clunker. I mean, he had improved every race. So probably put Tapatrice uh, as my other pick in the race. Sarah, jump in.
I agree with uh, both of you on Archangel. I think he's a very interesting alternative to use, and you'll get a fair enough price um, taking that Peter Pan route over to the Belmont. I, I like him quite a bit, and I think he was really game last time, too. Uh, as far as horses that we should probably mention, I guess Forte <laughs> ends up being one of them who did scratch out of the Kentucky Derby as the favorite. And while I am of the thinking that he is the best three-year-old that we've seen so far in this crop. I just don't love the way that he's coming into this race with scratching out of the Derby and then the layoff up until this race. And this just wasn't the original plan. They were going to target some of those summer races up at Saratoga. So rerouting to this spot and going here, I just don't really love all of the circumstances bringing him into this race. But at the same time, he looks to me like the best that we've seen so far. So would it completely shock me if he was able to get it done? No, just from a win standpoint, he doesn't really intrigue me in the wagering. Yeah, he's a, he's about his morning line. David's morning line is really good. I mean, it's really close to the will pays. Um, the one horse that's not quite as close is the four horse national treasure who's like seven and a half to one in the will pays David added five to one. He's the other horse. I like a lot. I think he's really getting underestimated. I think he's been a good horse all along. He was kind of victim of Baftine, which has been a, like, you know, poison to the Baffert horses, but now he's Baffert. He was Baffert in the Preakness, which is why I liked him. Baffert just cranks down on these horses. I mean, he just ran, he just won the Preakness, and three weeks later is a Belmont. Most trainers would just maybe give their horse one easy breeze between. He's given them two solid workouts. Um, he's got this horse cranked. Uh, he knows how to win on Belmont Day, and he knows how to win the Belmont. And I think his horse is going to run a lot better than uh, people think. You know, since he's been back with Baffert, uh, He's just been, he's a different horse and he's going to be the controlling speed. I don't, don't think he's going to get an easy lead. I don't think he has to have the lead. You know, if they, if the, the one horse is a rabbit, which I think he is for the other Cox horses, then I think Johnny V or cast. Yeah. Johnny V would be, you know, happy to let, you know, track that horse. Um, so I, I think he's a lot better than people think people are giving him credit for. I know you can say he didn't beat much, but I mean, that race, the Preakness was a, was a, wasn't a slow pace. It was a pretty normal pace for that race. And yeah, the, the, it was the front runner, the horse near the front pretty much stayed there, but the horses that ran one, two, three in that race were just the three best horses in the race. I mean, it's simple as that. And Mage didn't have any excuses. He just got beat. Um, so I, I just think national treasure is a lot better. I haven't heard anybody pick him, you know, any of the, the touts, um, just shocking. And he's seven and a half to one. So I'm just saying, be careful betting against Bob Baffert on Belmont day. And, you know, I'll be shocked if this horse doesn't run well. Now they all are a question mark at the distance. Um, I think off, off what I've seen watching him run Arcangelo, and tap it trice are the two that are clearly probably most likely to to do well at the distance you know tap it trice i hate him on the derby because 
of, you know, he breaks slow. He doesn't like to be on the inside. He comes from out of it. He's kind of quirky. You got to ride him hard. Um, he's not, doesn't accelerate really fast. All those things, the reason why you don't like him in the Derby, but he's sort of made for the Belmont with the bigger turn, smaller field, longer distance, you know, that long stride uh, is going to come into play at this distance. So I don't like him, but I mean, certainly like him better than Forte of the, of the, of the, um, the Pletcher horses. And, you know, he's bred to get the distance. Forte really isn't. He's coming into the race like most of the good Pletcher Belmont horses have. Forte isn't. So, you know, between those two, I'd go with Tappet Trice. But I, I think the way to bet this is Arcangelo and National Treasure. I think those are the two that are going to run one, two. And they're both going to be, you know, one's seven and a half to one, one's eight and a half to one on the Will Pace. All right. Well, I, I've got the DRF workout report up and uh, I can't give away too much, but I can tell you the Tappet Trice. B pluses and A minus. Woohoo. They love the way he looks. Archangelo, B plus. Um, National Treasure, B pluses, one B minus. But that's okay. Um, Forte, B pluses. Hit show, B, B, B minus. Um, these don't mean that much. Angel Vampire, a couple of Bs and a B, B plus. Um, so if you like any of those horses, if you're getting B pluses, you're it's confirmation. Some you know make make you feel a little bit better. Um, Tappet Trace. I mean, seeing seeing them sort of really gush over Tappet Trace does make me think that he is the most likely alternative to Archangelo. Is that it? Have we covered that race? I guess we've covered that race. All right. So um, I have not looked at any other races. I, uh, I'm i going to the Belmont, and I'm going to be there by 10.30 a.m. tomorrow. So I'm going to have time to ha handicap. But uh, unfortunately, I, I don't have any other spot plays at this time. Do either of you? Sarah? Well, I mean, everyone knows that I've had to look at the whole card in terms of uh, tickets that I've thrown out for Naira Betts as well as uh, Talking Horses tomorrow. But um, the only other horse that I would say that I'm, I'm significantly interested in and that will be a good price is number one, past the champagne and the Ogden Phipps. I just think that she's going to end up sitting a really good middle trip in there off of horses like Search Results and Played Hard and then get the jump start on those closers and Secret Oath and Clarier. And I'm not worried about the rail with her because she's been able to sit that good inside stocking trip in the past, um, just like she did in the Ruffian. So she's one that I'm very interested in going into that race. At right. 12, 12 to 1 on the uh, Will Pace is what she's paying to win if uh, they're correct. So you get a good price. Um, in the race before that, the mile and a half Brooklyn Stakes, um, I like a horse quite a bit. And there are actually a couple, but the one I like the most is a nine horse Calibrate. Um, this is a horse, it's one of the, you know, mile and a half on the dirt is just not, especially in stakes races, you just don't 
see him run it that very often. Um, you know, that's sort of what makes the, the Belmont such a weird race because their horse is probably never going to run those distances again. But this horse clearly uh, got better with the long racing. Um, it wanted a big price at Oakland the first time they stretched out to a mile and a half. It actually beat Warrant and Lone Rock, who were Warrant's the morning line favorite. Lone Rock's another one of the favorites in there. Actually beat both of them. Then it ran again at a mile and a half of Churchill, didn't have a great trip, kind of got way slow and was parked really wide all the way around. So I think that's really forgivable. And now it comes back at a mile and a half. You know, they spotted aggressively in this race. And like I said, it beat the favorite two races back. And um, who's and he, it, this one's 10 to one on the morning line. And to top it all off, it's first time Jamie Ness I don't have to go into details, but Jamie Ness has pretty good numbers first off the trainer switch. But what's really interesting is he's really good with these 12 furlong dirt horses. He hasn't had many of them, but I found nine starters, five winners, and eight out of nine in the money. So he's great on, he improves them off the switch. He's really good with these um, marathon dirt horses. And this is a horse that's already was good enough to win before Nace. Ness gets him. So at 10 to 1 in the morning line, you know, to me, tremendous value on the nine calibrate in the sixth race, the Brooklyn Stakes. All right. Great to hear uh, to hear your opinions, Sarah and Chris. And uh, it was great chatting over the card. Really look forward to spending the day at Belmont tomorrow. Uh, if you're, if anybody's out there, stop by and say hello. I'll be in the first row of section three T. Um, uh, and, uh, want to wish you luck, Sarah. Um, um, it's really exciting that you're going to be on talking horses on Belmont stakes day. Uh, so I would like to thank you for taking the time out to spend some time with us. Yeah, of course. Great to chat with you. And I appreciate you both having me back on and, uh, really a great opportunity to be able to talk about these races for such an important day. And I hope that, uh, you have fun coming over to uh, our racetrack and I hope that, uh, you have fun, um, playing at home. So, um, just a really uh, exciting time to be here. Okay. Thanks again. And that will conclude show number 229 of the sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Belmont and wherever else, if you do play anywhere else and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Low out. I'll see you on Sport of Kings. Cheers. Yeah.